Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. Like old times, Wendy. Oh my gosh, this is this is a sort of amazing. It's happening again, Melissa. It's happening again. <laughs> Wendy, uh, Wendy, Wendy. What, what podcast are we doing? Um, we're doing Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Welcome to Xanadu <laughs> Cinema Pleasure Dome. Rising from the grave. <laughs> First time since last year. More? Did we even do any last did year? We did we? I don't remember. I don't think we did. Oh, yeah, we did. Did we? We totally did, because that, that was the drama year. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, we did. Yeah, we totally oh, did. Oh, we did, yes. So, anyway, hi, dear listeners. Hello! We're, we're back for at least this week, because we're back at Fantastic Fest in Austin, Texas. If you hear an echo, it's because we're sheltering in sort of a cavey, um, concrete thing, because it's raining off and on, so yep. we needed to find some place that was covered. And if you hear cars, it's because we're on a rainy street, and we're just outside... The Alamo Draft House. We're looking at a whole line of black suburbans because that is the flotilla that brought in Jamie Lee Curtis. Who is gorgeous. Yeah, she's looking really good these days. She's another one that I feel like if we could just meet, we'd be best friends. I think so, too. Like, yeah, I feel like, like she'd drink whiskey with me. I think I think she would. Yeah. She'd go totally. down for that, yeah. Or, or at least eat yogurt with you. <laughs> I've just become a fan of yogurt, so... Yeah, she'd eat yogurt. Yeah, I know. Cause totally, totally we'd eat yogurt yeah. with us. Yeah. Yogurt and then whiskey, right? You need a base. Yeah. Well, maybe not like right no, cause back the, to back because I feel like yogurt the, and whiskey would not go well together. The dairy mix. That, that's like bad decisions happening in the okay, bad way. There's a car that looks like it's trying to block Jamie, Lertis, Jamie Lee Curtis from escaping. This looks sinister. We will watch this. Dear listeners, we will give updates as this, as this <laughs> the situation develops. Situation develops. <laughs> So anyway, uh, we are already done with our first movie. Actually, let's back up. Let's back up. What is Fantastic Fest? What is the capsule explanation of Fantastic Fest? So, Austin, Texas, eight days, genre film festival. What does genre mean? Well, it started as a horror film festival, but it has now expanded to be sci-fi, action, um, weird, uh, ghosty, Crime, martial arts. Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Crime, noir. Like, noir. So um, just something a little bit off the beaten path. Yeah. Very strongly international, which I love. We've got a movie from Tunisia this year. I know. There's a movie from Macedonia, and I didn't even know that was still a place. Macedonia is still a place. Well, I th- I mean, I've, been I trying, I've been trying to learn the map of Europe so I can name all the countries without seeing their names on a map. Uh-huh. Macedonia is still a place. Yeah, but I, I always think of, like, Philip of Macedon. Yeah. Right? From ancient Greek tales. And I'm like, Macedonia is still, like, a place that exists on its own. Who knew? Macedon's a great metal band. I want it to be... Ma- a, Macedon- <laughs> a Macedonian Mastodon would be a thing. 
I feel that's a Game of Thrones thing. Hey-oh, hey-oh, hey I've been drinking. Oh, yes, I have. Okay, so, so Wendy, Wendy, well, we have both seen a film in the a, first time slot that a, was long-awaited. Legendary, epically legendary, probably cursed. This may be the last you hear from us, listeners, because there's a part of me that thinks my phone might ring any minute and I have a week to live. Yeah, it's, it's true. And, and it's possible the film might, like Thanos might snap his fingers and the film might evaporate and be gone. Yeah, they but, were like, oh, no, it's getting distribution. And I'm like, air quotes, distribution. distribution. So, yes, we just saw Man Who Killed Don Quixote. The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Which, 25 years of Terry Gilliam, much like Don Quixote, trying to get some shit done. Yes, and it's finally done. We finally put it in our eyeballs. We yes. have seen it. I, I'm still thinking about it. I'll be honest. Me too. I, because I could have seen. Okay, so listeners, uh, we talked about Jamie Lee Curtis because right now what is happening also in the exact same time slot was the world premiere of Jamie Lee Curtis's new Halloween movie, which I am super excited to see. The trailer mm-hmm. does look terrific. Um, but is it the world? Pre- I thought it premiered at TIFF. Did it? I can't remember. Anyway. It's a big thing here. Jamie Lee Curtis is here. Yeah. So it's happening it's also a, It's at a the big same deal. Time. It's a big deal. Yes. If, big even deal. if it was a TIFF, this would be a, uh, an American premiere. Yeah. yeah. So, but it doesn't matter. Jamie Lee Curtis is here and Halloween is going on, plus other great films. But I chose The Man Who Killed Don Quixote because I very specifically wanted to choose something a little bit more interesting it's very easy to choose the big films yeah but it is going to open and i there is a part of me that really was honestly like i want to say i saw it just in case yeah because it might vanish from the face of the earth so melissa i feel like you know a lot more about the actual history of the film than i do oh well there is a there's actually a documentary out there called uh uh Lost in La Mancha, which came out uh, 2005-ish, about the first failed production of Man Who Killed Don Quixote. I was actually living in Spain in 2000 when they were trying to film this movie for the first time with Johnny Depp and um, this like 85-year-old actor that Terry Gilliam found in France who was this amazing actor who was a great Don Quixote who could also do all the fencing moves and who could also ride a horse. And then, like, the production started filming and they discovered their Don Quixote actor had testicular cancer and uh, thing after thing after thing went wrong and then finally they tried to film in the middle of, of, or very near Toledo and rains came in a season that wasn't supposed to have rains and it washed out the entire set and that was like the last the budget could handle and they just called it quits on the production and so it's been um, Terry Gilliam's you know great white whale so to speak (laughs) great white whale yeah great white whale and so here it is now we have this movie and it's tremendously meta competitive Cause, oh, because yeah. knowing the story of the production and what it originally was going to be, there's a lot of the original production falling apart. All those stories have been folded in. Like he's made a, the movie that he wanted to make, but now it's also commenting on the movie and how hard it was to get the movie made and the process of making the movie. It's yeah. But but also Don Quixote. 
but it, yeah. So, so yeah, it's it's um, like the original. If I remember right, the original script, uh, Johnny Depp played a uh, board executive or something, and he winds up meeting a guy who thinks he's Don Quixote, and it, and of course, in Trigillian fashion. Uh, reality starts folding in with fantasy because it, you know, the the normal. It, it's kind of like Fisher King. The normal dude meets the crazy dude, and the normal, crazy dude is is actually a little bit more sane. Yeah, and and it's very much the same thing here. But but here in the movie that has happened, the Johnny Depp character has become the Adam Driver character, and he's wonderful. Oh, I am such a fan of Adam Driver. Also, let's just consider... And okay, I have to comment briefly that I hope Adam Driver doesn't turn out to be a shithead like Johnny Depp. That would yeah, make me sad. Because that would be very I, sad. Because the real comment to make is, I am a fan of Mr. Driver. That's it. I'm just a fan. Yeah. I'm just going to watch anything he does. I find his face endlessly watchable. And he's a great performer, and he picks interesting projects. Yes. And, and here he is playing... Instead of like an executive, he is a movie director who's trying to direct a movie about Don Quixote in the middle of of, of Spain, and uh, it turns out this character in the past has made a student film about Don Quixote, and he's filming in the same region, and he's starting to like run into the old actors from the. Yeah. But but he's. He's a mess. This guy is a mess, and he's a horrible person. And he's he's and yeah, he he's starts making seeing, terrible choices. He doesn't like the movie he's making. It's clear he doesn't know how to. But what? It's not the movie he wants. But he doesn't know what the movie he wants is. Yeah. And and he's meeting all these people from his student film, and seeing how badly he impacted their lives. Like doing that film ruined them. Yes. So the the old man who played Don Quixote in the student film is played by Jonathan Price. Oh my god, and Jonathan he's Price. Amazing. He's amazing. He's amazing. And oh. it turns out in you know, in the you know, ten years after the student film, Jonathan Price, the this old man who used to be a shoemaker, literally believes he's Don Quixote. And he's kind of killed captive in kind of the circus sideshow where he he reads Don Quixote. <laughs> we're we're being uh, stared at by dogs. Oh, that's an excellent doggo. I give it a 12 out of 10. 12 out of 10. Good doggos. Okay, so so still is, he believes he's Don Quixote, and the, the young lady who was the girl who was believed to be Dulcinea has uh, gone and chased hey. her dreams in Madrid, and, and it didn't turn out so well for her either. Like, and they have turned into the characters that they were representing. Yeah. He has turned into... Don Quixote, she has turned into Aldonza, which yes. is the whore, mm-hmm. um, but she's held captive by a mobster, and of course, if you know the story of Don Quixote, he was a story of a simple man who went into a fantasy world and believed he was Don Quixote, so it's very, very... Very meta. Yes. And and so Adam Driver, through, through weird circumstances, winds up becoming the Sancho Panza, to yes, he does. to Jonathan Price, <laughs> and and like I said earlier, there's there begins this kind of folding in of reality versus fantasy, and it's it's very very Gilliam in the it's gorgeously filmed. Oh yes, um, Gilliam almost like no other director really knows how to film remote locations like Spain. Yeah, nobody can film. Spain and Portugal like Gilliam. He gets a he, quality like it's 
you don't think of Europe as feeling so desolate, but yeah. there is a desolation that he captured and there. It's, and it's not just desolation. It's like you can literally see the centuries in yes. the, the landscape. Yes. There, it, there's, it is so lived in. It, it Like 2,000 years of humanity have lived in this area of Spain. More than that, more than that. But it's, it's amazing. And it's a gorgeous-looking film. It is. There's a lot of complexity to it. I'm, yeah, I'm still. I'm still unpacking it. It's been minutes. It's like, been sheer I, minutes, like, and I, I can't. I can't absorb it this fast. And I don't want to go into what specifically happens because I really don't want to spoil it. It's hard because, to spoil because it's so. It would take so much explanation to get there. That, yeah, that's the other thing is it would take a. It would take us a long time to just even explain what the hell is happening, but. Um, it's comp. It's really complicated. I'm not sure how much is real, and I. But it really doesn't matter mm-hmm. how much of it is real and how much of it is fantasy. But I walked away going, that character that was so obviously the driver character that was so obviously broken at the beginning was far more broken than you realize. Yeah. Like, and. That's that's what I'm still like really chewing on is how broken he was and empty and I mean it's very clear how empty his existence is. He's surrounded by yes men. He's and, and a very bitchy Stellan Skarsgård. Oh my which god, I the bitchy Stellan Skarsgård. Bitchy, is great. bitchy Stellan Skarsgård. I am so he's, happy about that. Bitchy is the best word for it too. Oh, he's just bitchy. And he's wonderfully so. Oh, he's he's fantastic. There's also that really terrific moment where he goes into the old village where he first filmed and he sees the bartender Raul, it's me, and they're speaking in Spanish. And there's these subtitles popping up and then literally Adam Driver wipes them off the screen with his hand and goes, we don't need these, there are no barriers between us, and they switch into English for the rest of the film. Yeah. Beautiful transition, yeah. wonderfully handled. I loved it. Yeah, there there are just a few seconds where it's just enough fourth wall breaking, but and but rather it, it's it's not quite as absurd as a lot of Gilliam's. No, stuff it either. really isn't. It, it is. It is. It is much more straightforward. It is more Fisher King than it is like Baron Munchausen. Oh, it's very well. If you took Baron Munchausen and mashed it together with Fisher King, I feel like this is what you get. Yeah, but I, to me, Baron Munchausen goes goes into so many weird places that technically there's a narrative, but mostly you're just like, we're just on a side trip over here, some sort of side quest. Um, but whereas Fisher King is a lot more focused tale oh, of yes. just one one particular story. Yeah. This is this is pretty damned focused. Yeah, and it it fascinates me how easily it could spin off the tracks, and you can almost feel it spinning off the tracks while you're watching it. But then it always veers back. Like it, he puts so much spin on it that it actually ends up going straight. Mm-hmm. The way of the way like it, when you put a English on a ball. Yeah. Like it's spinning like a motherfucker, and you're like, it's gonna go the wrong. Nope, it's going. Nope, there it there it, it goes. It went right in the pocket. Okay, yep. I'm still. This is going to be one that people are going to, they're not going to, people are going to be talking about it in terms of like, oh, I love, they're not going to be saying, oh, I loved it, it was amazing. People are just going to be like, I need to, yeah, that was interesting. People are going to have very different reactions to it. Very different. And some oh, yeah. people are going to be like, I didn't like it, it was a mess. I don't think it's a mess, though. No. I think it's coherent. It's just complicated. It's complicated. And, and for me, 
I've been waiting for this movie for 20 years, and um, for me, it's like it's it's almost impo- at, at this point, it's almost impossible for me to gauge whether it's good or not because it can never be what I anticipated for so long. Yeah, and it and yet I can never hate it because I've been waiting it for for so long. So, but I it, don't think there's this isn't a movie to hate. No, it's not. It, not at all. I think I think there's a lot of meat here, and it's this like if nothing the, else, this is a movie that says Adam Driver is worthy of being a movie star. Oh, I've he, always thought that. He's amazing. Yeah, but I mean, when you th- look at his trajectory, though, like, I mean, he's done Kylo Ren, which is a big movie, but that's not really going to do it. Look at, mm-hmm. look at, like, for example, Mark Hamill. Like, he didn't become a big movie star. He didn't have a big career. Um, and then he did, like, Midnight Special. He's terrific in that. He did Silence. He's great in that. He did Logan Lucky. He's hilarious in Logan that. Lucky's like, great. But he's, these are all still, like, they're not really hitting. This is a performance that says, I'm going to carry a hugely complicated movie on my shoulders, and you're going to watch me, and you're going to watch me every second, and you're going to, you're going to love it. And, and like, his performance to... is worthy of loving, even if you don't love the movie. Yeah, and he's, he's going toe-to-toe with Jonathan Price, oh. being full-on Jonathan Price. Yeah. Jonathan Price is still attractive. Oh, he's so wonderful, it, and there's like that core of the little old shoemaker in him, and yet the role allows him to go big and bombastic as Don Quixote, and he's, he's such a wonderful performer. And he's still got that voice. Yeah. Adam Driver's got amazing hair. Yeah. But like, I think this is, for me, this cements like he, Adam Driver is, I mean, I knew he was an actor, I want to make that clear, but this is a performance that... I feel like is him putting his bid out there to be taken seriously, mm-hmm. like, like not like an Oscar bid, because those can be very pandering, but like this is a an actor putting out a performance to filmmakers, going like almost like your demo reel, like did you notice what I did well, there? It's, well, it's kind of like Brad Pitt in Twelve Monkeys. Yes, yeah, it, it's not quite as unhinged as that, but yeah. Like, I look it's at what good. I can do here. I, I can he's do. been knocking it out of the park for the last four years. Oh God, yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's there's other people in it. Um, I mean, bitchy Stella. Yeah, there 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 are a lot of Spanish and Portuguese actors. Yeah, and they all do a good job. But it really just does come down to Adam Driver and yeah. Jonathan Price. The, the woman playing Angelica slash uh, Dulcinea slash Aldanza is. I really liked her performance. Her, yeah. She was really nicely grounded. Oh, and there is... I was joking and, beforehand. And the, and the way she plays the spread of age yes. is really remarkable. Because I believe her at 15, yeah. and I believe her at 25, 25 yeah. as a bitter 25, too. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say, because, because it's Don Quixote, that, I mean, of course, makes me think of The Man of La Mancha, which is a very famous musical, and I was well, joking, Well, you, like, did, you did get a dance sequence. That was what I was going to say, is... Before I, before the movie, I was joking that I want there to be at least one song and dance, and Adam Driver does actually sing and sing a little song in a very goofy way, and it was very charming, and I was very much so happy in that moment. It was Eddie Cantor? He was doing was like an Eddie Cantor. It's, it's like oh, hooray. It was very strange. Yeah. No, fine. No, I'm Eddie Cantor. La. And his face, he's got this look on his face like, everything in my life is terrible. <laughs> oh, there's Jamie Lee. Oh, hey. Hi, Jamie Lee. We, we can see, 
I can Jamie see Lee Jamie. Curtis has been spotted. I can see Jamie Lee Curtis from here. She's, God, she still looks so She's good. She's got poise. She does. Apparently, she walked up to the standby line like she got out of the car, slipped her handlers, walked over to the hand, the standby line and was like, are you guys going to come see my movie? And they're like, um, um, Miss Curtis, we really want to. That's why we're standing here, but we're not guaranteed a ticket. She's like, let me go see what I can do. <laughs> that, just, that just sold me even more. I'm sold. All right. Yeah, um, she's pretty fantastic. So we we should probably wrap this up. We'll be back after our next. We have three slots tonight. Yes. So, so this was number one. We get two more tonight. Yep. So I'm seeing the wind. You're seeing the wind. Yes, too, we right? are. I'm seeing the wind. Yep. And then um, you're I'm, seeing white fire. I'm seeing white fire. And I'm seeing in fabric. And I might be having regret. Like, what if in fabric isn't? Uh, well, we'll find out. We'll find out. Okay, it might, so. But it'll be okay, because it's okay even if you don't see a movie that you love. But I will have food regret if you come out and, and tell me that White Fire really was as bonkers as well, I wanted. Well, White Fire is a restoration of an older movie, so, you know. Yeah, but it sounds bonkers, and I really wanted to see it. Okay. <laughs> listeners, I really want to see In Fabric, because it's about a haunted dress. Yeah, so who doesn't want to see a movie about a haunted dress? I was really torn. Yeah, I mean, okay. it's tough. It's tough. Okay, so, so we anyway. got to make tough choices. We'll be back. We, we will be back right after this next movie. All right. That seems to work. Yay, it's working. So we're back. Um, uh, we're, this is actually going to be a twofer because there wasn't time to record between movies. Melissa had to, Melissa had to go immediately to, to, uh, to the wind. No, no. Uh, you went directly. We just we saw the wind after Kyoto. Oh, and I got I had to go into White Fire immediately after. Yeah. So we should talk about the wind first because we both saw the wind. Yes. Yes. I don't think other people are going to love it as much as I did. I I really enjoyed it too. I think I. But I'm I'm betting it's going to be with. Yeah, it was slow. Like everybody's just like, it's eh. slow, and I'm like. Well, they're they're stupid. They're stupid heads. Thank you. I agree. Yes. It, it re- really reminded me tonally of The Witch. Yes. And also thematically, let's be honest, uh, what isolation will do to you. Yeah, and um, also the keeping room. Yes. Yes. So yeah. it's kind of like you take the witch in the keeping room and you mash them together and make them have pretty babies. <laughs> pretty creepy. Pretty creepy babies. Creepy. But it's a very pretty film. It is a really beautiful film. Yeah. So, dear listeners, The Wind is a... Uh, it, the director is a woman. Um, a lot of the production the, cast is female. The writer was female. The writer female. was female. And it's a movie about a woman in the in frontier... West in in New Mexico. They filmed in New Mexico. Yeah, and um, she and her husband live where there are no other people. They just have their little ranch home, and then uh, another couple move in like a, a mile, mile away, away from them. And they're the only four people in the region. And it's it, the plot jumps around in time. Yeah, but it boils down to. I'll, I'll just touch on the things that you see in the first couple scenes. Like, um, boils down to the the woman who's the neighbor um, is in childbirth, but for some reason she she dies, and she and her baby is also stillborn. Yeah, is also dead. They try and, to take the baby out, even though she's dead, and the baby is dead too. And, yeah. And then the husband, le- the husband of the woman who died, is like, "Well, never mind. I guess I'm leaving." Yeah. Um, 
and, and both husbands leave, and so it's just her on the ranch for a while. Yeah, because the one, uh, the husband of the main character takes takes him yeah. to escort him to not leave him alone. So she's left alone on this ranch. And the genesis of this story was that it is a true thing that women on the prairie, there are docu- it is documented in their writings that it was not uncommon for women to literally go insane because of the sound of the wind. Yeah. The constant wind. And, I mean, also the other factors, the... The isolation and the... Uh, they're kind of trapped in the home. And, and the limitations. The limitations, yeah. It, so it's... They... The, the movie ba- is based on that, but also kind of reaches beyond that in its own way. And it, it's hard to discuss it further without spoilers. Yeah, I don't want to. The main actress is phenomenal. Hi, kids. Hey! <laughs> um, and the, the secondary actress, they have a really good... The two of them really play off each other well. Yeah, they're very good. And... With the jumping around in time, it is a nice reveal, uh-huh. structurally, of the different pieces, and the wind is definitely a character. Oh, the Foley work on the movie is genius. The Foley work and the production design. The production design it's is so top notch. So good. I mean, these are, these are people who did their homework, and hey, that was loud. And also, <laughs> he's going way too fast to be going the wrong direction. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, it, a solid movie. Uh, yeah, I really, really liked it. And it was a female movie, and you know, I would like, yes, I, w- I would love to see... I want to just see women filmmakers, and of course I love Catherine Bigelow because Catherine Bigelow does movies that don't read as female films, but that said, I still like female narratives, narratives that not just are about females, but are very clearly from a female perspective. Because we don't have enough of them. Right? And this one really did. Well, yeah, it's it's a perspective. It's The origin of the story is something we've not seen before in film. It's that, that... that truth of what it's like to be it, it's a story I'd not seen in a film before and then using it as a basis for and it's pretty much it's like it's a 80% film. a one woman show and she she is so good she carries it yeah and the landscape carries it the landscape is overpowering yeah it really is it's really well so I, I mean but realistically there's not a lot that happens that like there really isn't a whole lot that "Quote quote happens, and the stuff that does, I don't want to tell you because I don't want to spoil oh, it. Yeah, I think I think we've got. Yeah, what, what I found myself thinking of while watching it is, like in terms of stories we haven't seen before. Yeah. I was thinking of Gangs of New York because that because Scorsese's Gangs of New York is set in a time period we just don't see movies set. Yeah, in. and even though the Pioneer Days, yes, we've seen plenty of movies set in those days, we've not seen. The Some, the homesteading, yeah. Like the, we, there really haven't been, probably because for the most part it's just a grind and it's it was grueling. But just these people on these isolated homesteads, what the shit were they thinking? Yeah, and it's not the little house on the prairie sort of homesteading. No, mm-hmm. this is the really nitty gritty psychological 
what it was like. And I... I presume. I couldn't... Because I'd be bored as shit. I would go crazy. (laughs) I would. Are you kidding me? The only person to talk to, and generally he's out slaving away all day, every day, just so we don't die. And all I get to do is clean house again so we don't die. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh God! <laughs> oh God! This is that's like the ninth level of hell for me. No people, no nothing. Ugh. No, yeah, no, just no. So yeah, that was the wind. I recommend it. Okay, I liked it. Would I, you? I I heavily recommend it too. Yeah, I really think it's and it was then a remarkable film. For our final films, we saw two different things. Yes. Okay, so I will take, do mine first because okay. I feel like you have many things to say about yours. Oh, yes, I do. Okay, okay. <laughs> mine, mine can go quick because I saw White Fire, which is, which is a two... It's like a new 2K restoration. It's a 2K, trust me, I proofread the blurb. It's a 2K restoration. Yeah, it's a 2K restoration of this 80s film. And there's a flamethrower before the title credits in the beginning. Um, there's... There, there are many guns and explosions. There, there's a chainsaw. Um, there, 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 there's an island of lesbians who do plastic surgery. Whoa, that was there's, not even hinted at in the blur. Right? Um, there's uh, Fred Williamson. Yay! Um, it, 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 Turkey and Turkish people, and there's a giant radioactive diamond. That's was like it, the size of a gold bowling ball that nobody can find, even though it glows in, from the inside, and it's like on a pedestal inside this mine that's very clearly it's been mined out. Was it successfully bonkers? It was successfully Did the, bonkers. Was the crowd into it? Crowd, well, um, the, the guys next to me, it was like a small team of people who had seen it before, and we were all in the front row, and they were into it. And they, you could tell they brought a friend. It's like, no, 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 this is crazy. you got to see it. So... We were having a good time in the front row. I want to bring this movie to B-Fest because B-Fest would adore it. It sounds oh, fantastic. Oh, and I forgot about the incest. Technically not incest, but yet incest. Wait, are they not actually brother and sister? Well, yeah, but no, but yeah, but no, but yeah. <laughs> really, like, this was a tough choice it's for insanity. me. It's insanity. L- listeners, this year at Fantastic Fest, there are so many slots where I want to see three different films. I want to see all of them, and this was one of them. I really wanted to see White Fire, but I really wanted to see In Fabric. Yeah, and so you saw In Fabric, and I want to hear about In Fabric. Because Melissa saw my face when I walked out. Matter of fact, the volunteers standing outside the theater saw my face when I walked out and started laughing at me. Uh-huh. I, was, I, I kind of loved it. But I don't believe anybody else. I like I can't I can't recommend it because that would imply that I think you'll like it. And there's really no fucking telling <laughs> how anybody else is gonna respond. I will say though, I was not the only person kind of giggling in bemused delight. Like bonkers is the wrong word because bonkers has too much energy, and this is a very chill vibe sort okay. of movie. Okay. Um, Logan Taylor introduced it. She did a great job. She's like, it's weird, but it's kind of relaxing and soothing. So kind of relax and lay back and just let it happen. You <laughs> look at the ceiling and think of England? Kind of. <laughs> it is super duper 60s in its vibe. Like Ooh. like 60s Italian weirdness okay, in its Okay, so vibe. it's got, got some giallo going. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it's got... It very deliberately is trying to look 
like the film like film stock and a little grainy and okay. there's all these intercuts of the so there's a creepy department store okay and listeners I can't spoil this movie for you because I still don't really fucking know what happened <laughs> um, also who cares what the plot is if like there's no you can't spoil this movie but there's a creepy department store and you keep seeing the people keep seeing the commercials and the commercials are all like really blown out video weird cuttings and the women who work at this store all have huge hair okay and they wear these sort of really overly layered and floofy with a big hoop skirt but it's t-length and sort of looks weirdly victorian and they talk in convoluted words and they make these gestures. Okay. Melissa, I think you'd fucking love this movie. <laughs> like, I can't recommend it to anybody else. I'm but so I think, intrigued. I think you would love it. And there's a whole thing with mannequins that just... And I don't want to tell you, but I really want you to see it because I want to talk to you about oh, that. Oh, moment. yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got me And sold. there is this dress, the haunted dress, which is why I wanted to see it. And... Like you can figure this out right away. The, it's a haunted dress. Like no matter what you do, the dress is never damaged. The dress always comes back, and the dress curses you, and you will die, and you are marked, and then it moves on to the next person. Okay. And okay, so cursed dress. I'm interested. Italian giallo cursed dress has me like all in. It's so, and there, there's some laugh out loud funny parts, but not. Because they are meant to be funny, but it's a weird tone of comedy. And the main, like, store clerk, she talks in these convoluted sentences where I literally turned to Jessica, who saw it with me, and I'm like, honestly, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's things like, go into, and she's got this accent, go into the fitting room where you and the dress will come to a relationship that is spherical in its pleasurable design. And you're just like, Wait, what? What? <laughs> and they all, like, every sentence is like that. It's so crazy. And, the, oh, and then there's the <laughs> then there's the bank clerk's bosses. And that's just a whole level of Gilliam-esque yeah. comedy going on there. Awesome. Of, like, bureaucratic bullshit weirdness. Okay. It's got a little bit, who's the dude who did High Rise? Oh, uh, Ben Wheatley. Wheatley. It's got a little bit of a Wheatley tone, but not so much that I didn't like it, because yeah. I don't care for Wheatley. It's got, like, yeah. a crouton of Wheatley on top. A crouton of Wheatley. <laughs> you know what? Now that I've talked about it, no. Fucking see it. It's so weird. Okay. It's not bonkers. It's just weird. And I am really fucking pleased with myself that I saw it and that I liked it. Like, the... I feel like a true cinephile that I that I didn't just sit through that movie and go, well, that was a thing, and I, and I am a brave soul for no, I fucking liked it. Yes, <laughs> be bold, Wendy, be bold. <laughs> it, well, it took a little bit. I, you saw my face, like yeah, like it's listeners. My face, Melissa's like, I can't tell whether you're laughing or crying, and I'm like, I'm not sure. <laughs> am I horrified? Am I sad? Am I really disappointed? Or am I? joyfully pleased yes ha. we need to we gotta because it's up against El Royale in the last slot 
Oh, crap. Which is why I saw it tonight. Yeah. So I can we'll understand f- that. We'll figure out a way for you to see it. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Because we'll I don't think this is one you do need to see with an audience. I think it will be better if you have, like, two or three other people willing uh-huh. to just go there with you. And mm-hmm. it's, and alcohol would be completely appropriate. Yes. Not pot, though. No, not pot. Pot would, like, way take you down. Although it is so visually... Like, Logan was right. She's like, um, Strickland, because it's a Strickland movie. Oh, yeah. Um... She's like, she's like, I'm convinced Strickland is a tactile director, like, or a sensory. Everything's sensory with him. This is a movie you're going to feel. You're going to feel the fabrics of it, and she's not wrong. <laughs> so maybe getting high, like, you could get, like, way into that. I don't know. I just feel like it's, I don't know. I feel like being altered and watching this movie is a bridge too far. Yeah. It's already going to, yeah. So... Kind of like watching Hodorowski. You don't need to be altered because the movie will do that work for you. Yeah, I can't actually be coherent about it. So we'll, that's as much as I've got. Also, it's like 2 in the morning. Yeah, so that was the first day of Fantastic Fest. <laughs> Yay! Yay! I have to skip the first round tomorrow. What are you okay. seeing in the first round? Um, pff, hell, I Is it Tumbad? No, it's not. It's, oh. um... Is it One Cut of the Dead? It's One Cut of the Dead. Yeah. Which I have heard good things about i'm very much looking forward to it so so and but i'll be here for the second round and i'm i get to see starfish yeah which me too. i'm calling the mixtape at the end of the world okay so cool. all right thanks listeners thank Talk you listeners we'll be back tomorrow the tomorrow next day and, and with more uh news from fantastic fest this time it'll be a next time it'll be a full day it'll be a full Full five. five. Full five. So, well, yeah. Well, four for me. Four for me, five for you. I yep. can't wait to hear And that. whoever else we tend to yeah. try again. Allie, by the way, is sitting here quietly. Yes. But Say she hi, didn't. Allie. Hi. Allie, Allie, Allie here uh, has been volunteering for the fest this year. I have seen a lot of badges and no movies yet. But she'll she'll get a second we'll get half there. badge. We'll get there. Yes, we'll get there. second half, I'm going to crash the hell out of this party. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. All right. We're up. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome.